I was thinking maybe we go up to the cabin. You know, help me shut it down for the winter. I'll go. First time your old man ever asked for my help with anything. <clears throat> what? Slight hiccup. We flipped the truck. We have the whole load stashed at this cabin we found. I'm coming. Is it gonna hurt? What the hell is that? I don't know. Something's not right. Gear up. You can shoot. What do you think? Hello and welcome back to the B-Movie Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Adam Kautzer, and with me uh, are, my other co- are your other co-host, Scott Phillips. And today we're talking, as you guys can see, we're only talking about one movie today. Um, it's going to be a quick episode. Uh, it was, uh, I don't even know what Scott's feelings are on this movie because I was, I discovered this movie. Uh, as you guys can see, it's 2018's Braven, uh, directed by Lynn Oding, uh, starring Jason Momoa and a bunch of other actors. And we'll get into this in a moment, but. Uh, just as for a little bit of context, I was searching Amazon Prime, looking for something to watch, and I was like, okay, you know what? Jason Momoa, Mountain Man, doing his thing. Okay, I, I can ignore it. And then came the problem that I couldn't ignore it. Like, the first, like, ten minutes hooked me, and I'm like, oh, shit, I gotta watch this thing. I really have to watch this thing. I can't actively ignore it. And sat there for, like, for me, 90 minutes just sat there and completely in tuned with this movie. It was exactly kind of like what I needed and what I wanted from a lower budget, but not lower quality, at least to me, action movie. And so I'm going to get handed over to Scott to see what he think, what he thought of this movie when I, because I just blindly just told him, dude, you need to watch this movie. Don't watch the trailers. Just watch it and see what you think. And we'll podcast about it. Yeah, you know, I I really enjoyed it. When you, when you told me what your choice was, I was like, wow, really? Okay. <laughs> we'll see. I kind of remember when it was on VOD and yeah. I thought, wow, I bet that's bad just because it went straight to VOD. It's just kind of like a almost like a prejudice when it comes to that kind of stuff. And you know, as I was watching it, what I was realizing is is that the VOD market, like the direct to VOD market or the the minimal theater release uh, and and straight to VOD, you know, has almost become like what the action movies of the late 80s and 90s were back yeah. then. Absolutely. The springtime and fall movies, the JCVD, Steven Seagal, Arnold Schwarzenegger, like the, yeah. the, the, the $30 million action market or the $20 million action market. And like, yeah, this one was one of those ones where I just like I said, like, I was just ignoring it. And then there was a point where I couldn't ignore it anymore. Um, and it's it's an actor that I think that you and I both really love. Um, we've we've talked about him before on the podcast, and it was when Stephen Lang showed up. That's yeah. What- oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, uh, you know, and I think my recent, uh, you know, rewatch of, of VFW. Uh, you know, causes you to send up cheers when you when you see Stephen Lang uh, walk onto the screen. Uh, but you know, it's yeah, it's interesting. You you mentioned the folks that I was thinking about. You know, you look at Jason Momoa, mm-hmm. take away the Conan the Barbarian overlap, and and you think initially Arnold Schwarzenegger. You yeah. know, just from build, just from being this big beast of a dude. But as I watched 
Braven, what I was most thinking about was the Sylvester Stallone one-offs from like the late eighties and early nineties. Absolutely. Like your, you know, Cobra and cliffhanger and ones where they weren't looking to create a franchise. They were just creating a premise for a one-off action movie, uh, you know, starring a, a popular action star. But the interesting thing is I think Jason Momoa has way more charisma than Sylvester Stallone did back then. Oh, absolutely. And, and I mean, I was a big Sylvester Stallone fan growing up and, and I've always loved his stuff, but he can be kind of a one note thing. And so to me, Jason Momoa has more charm than Schwarzenegger and Stallone and these guys who just played these quiet, you know, gruff, tough guys. But that's the feel of this movie. Uh, it's like, because today, basically what exists for action films are, you know, comic book oriented properties, Star Wars properties, you know, big sequels or big reboots. And you just don't find this kind of film out there all that much anymore, especially not in theaters. No, absolutely not. Uh, and I think you, you, uh, you really put a fine point on it with Jason Momoa is that like, it's the Stallone one-offs, but like you said, Momoa is a better actor than uh, Stallone is. And he actually like, he cares. Like, that's the thing I, I, I loved about this movie is that he didn't, he did. He wasn't on autopilot. None of the right. none of the actors were. I mean, like the great part was is that they got they got a really good. Like I love De, uh, Garrett Delahunt, and to, yep. s to see him show up as the main bad guy, but be like in like in Cliffhanger, he's like every bit the equal of Jason Momoa, and at every turn, he's not acting stupid. He's actually doing like the things that you want to see a, a villain do in a movie. It's kind of great um, that they just kind of took this lo-fi premise and, and basically like, you know, I guess at this point we should actually talk about the premise, which uh, <laughs> Jason Momoa plays, uh, of course, uh, the title character, Joe Braven, and he's literally a lumberjack. He's this guy who cares about his wife. Um, he has his uh his dad staying with him who has some medical issues uh he has a daughter he's just like this caring father and like the first 30 minutes is this whole setup of him as a father and a like a, a supporter of like you know the people around him and then there's this b storyline where there's this drug deal and this drug deal that goes really south really quickly and how uh, Joe Braven gets involved with these drug dealers is the kind of like crux of the story. And then after that 30 minute slow burn, when the, the fuse is lit, it just basically becomes this standoff siege movie, like set in the mountains. But in a way that I think that like for me, what I loved about it was, is that the the setups, some of them are a little cliched, but the turns on those setups are really good. They're very well executed. They're very thoughtful. And in the way that it really ups the stakes um, for the for this. So it's not just this whole typical like when Jason Momoa goes savage, like, you know, and he's savagely taking down these people. It's not like 
it's not like this whole thing of like first blood where they shouldn't have messed with him. It's like there's this sense of I, I hate to use the word reality because this is not a reality based thing, but it's like there's a smartness to the way it's done so that you're rooting for him and you don't always think that he's going to get out of something unscathed. Yeah, yeah, no, you're, exactly. And, uh, you know, the interesting thing, the, the, the thing that really kind of compared to me to the Stallone one-offs is, and, and, you know, and there were other stars with similar type things, you know, Schwarzenegger, Bruce Willis, folks like that. It always seemed like they, they picked this, they put this character within an industry or within an environment and then that special set of skills to lift a quote <laughs> from <laughs> taken, uh, winds up of course impacting the story. So it's like, it's not a fluke that, you know, Sylvester Stallone is a mountain climber and cliffhanger and factors completely into the story. And, and so it, you know, ceased to be a surprise. It's like, what is this character's profession? Oh, well, clearly this is going to factor in. And so this was kind of in that tradition. It's like, it's not a fluke that, you know, he's using hatchets and axes and, you know, his knowledge of the wilderness and all of this kind of stuff. Uh, so at the beginning, you know, we're setting it up with him being a lumberjack and you just know that, you know, this thing doesn't end until there's some showdowns out in the woods and you are correct. No, absolutely. And, um, like, and then just like little small touches with the ability to really kind of maximize the effect of like the actors that are working in this movie. Like, I think that that's what separates it from a lot of other things and let raises it to that kind of VFW level is that you've got people like Sala Baker who is like he's playing like the 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 right hand man the tough guy like the bigger tough guy but you've seen him in so much stuff and he's been in like you know he's a New Zealand actor that's like you know like was always in like the Lord of the Rings stuff but to see him like in this role that's a little bit smaller but by no means not important and it's like that kind of thoughtful casting that I really liked um, yeah, in yeah I was I was excited to see uh, Zane McLaren yes. who played the Native American. Who was in, uh, who was in Dr. Sleep. He amazing in Dr. Sleep. Yep. And, and, you know, and the funny thing is for those of us who were Longmire fans, ah. uh, you know, he was the head of the tribal police force in Longmire for hmm. every season. Okay. And so it's funny then to see him go bad guy. And, and, and in fact, you know, you would kind of think seeing some of the movies that he has been in, uh, that, you know, oh, it figures the native American guys, you know, one of the bad guys, but the nice thing about his career is, you know, flip over to Longmire and watch six seasons of him being one of the good guys. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. And so that makes it, uh, you know, interesting, but I love him as an actor. Wasn't he in Bone Tomahawk? Yes, he was. He was, yeah, in, I thought so. he was also in, I like, if you, if you watch Westworld, he was also in Westworld. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, he's... so yeah, so I really like him. It's a, it was a great collection of, you know, character actors and kind of great faces, uh, all put together. And I really enjoyed the spin uh, that they gave Stephen Lang's character. Yes, uh, you know, to be kind of of a diminished capacity, and so it wasn't like you know he just all of a sudden springs to life and goes full badass and takes everybody out and he's perfectly fine. Uh, they stuck with 
uh, the limitations that they had placed on his character at the beginning of the movie. And, uh, and so I thought that, uh, was really kind of an interesting thing to see him play, you know, something different, uh, for him to do. Yeah. And it also gives like Jason Momoa the, the okay to like emotionally emote. Like it's like this, yeah. it's this kind of interesting, it's this interesting dynamic where they're playing with like a father and son story. Um, and, but it doesn't, it, it's never hokey. Like, like to me, like the entire time I'm, I'm not watching it and I'm going, Oh gosh, and I'm rolling my eyes. Like that first 30 minutes, it's all about like, you know, Braven and his family, but it never feels, yep. it never feels like, like, Oh God, when am I going to get to the action? It's just like, you're watching this unfold and you actually begin to really care about the characters and especially, um, the family unit, the Stephen Lang's character, even his wife, Jill Wagner, who has probably the most unexpected moment for me in the movie. Like when, when the, when she's almost captured and then the, then she does what she does. I was like, Oh man. Like, I like this movie a lot and I like what it's doing. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, the, the, had this been a late 80s, early 90s Stallone or what have you, standalone film, mm. wife, wife would have been in jeopardy, kid would have been in jeopardy, they would have basically been helpless. And instead, you have, you know, the female characters with capabilities. You know, the ability yep. to, to fight back or having skills of their own uh, that uh, that they've gained over over the years that helped them to fight back. And so it didn't become one of these, you know, we've got to go rescue the helpless women uh, kind of thing. I mean, he dispatches the the daughter on a mission of her own uh, to go round up help. And, and she has some peril that she has to deal with by herself. And, uh, and then mom kind of goes, you know, Katniss badass uh, <laughs> exactly. when when she's called upon so uh so i thought that that was a, a cool touch as well it's it's like taking those films from the late 80s and early 90s uh but giving them a, a modern spin and honestly the end result is it, it makes it more unpredictable no absolutely um and it raises the stakes like when certain things start happening at the end um uh, like it matters. And then like, there's a certain amount of heft that comes, uh, that comes to, uh, that, that like, it's not like it hits its peak and then it robs you of what exactly you, you are expecting to happen. Like when it, like when it, when it peaks, it actually gives you exactly what it's basically not. I wouldn't say telegraph, but it's set up so that, it doesn't rob you of like a of a of a true emotional arc. And I like that's what I appreciated about the film is that at the end that there are stakes and things do happen that aren't necessarily um, that are that, that are ex that, that you expect, but like don't often happen in bigger budget movies. And that's the, the, the kind of like the golden, like, like what I love about like these lower budget VOD titles that are really starting to like, you know, cook with gas. Like I don't like after, I think it's, I think it's been for the last year. Like I always give the, the VOD titles a chance. Like when I find them and I know that they've been on VOD, I'm always like, okay, let's not, Let's let's not look at this like it's the ghetto. This is where I this is where I lived for a long time. It's just it's done differently now. Like we've talked about before, 
um, about how the model has changed. And you 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 put it like really succinctly at, at the beginning with the the fact that if you're not a Star Wars movie, a Marvel movie, or some kind of IP, um, mm-hmm. you're not you're not getting you're not getting a four wall. You're not getting a release. You're going to be on VOD. I mean, you know, even yep. some something as popular as VFW, like we we talked about and how much fun it is. 15 years ago, that would have gotten at least a 200 screen release. Like 10 years before that, like in the mid 90s, that thing would have been on 1500 screens. Right. Like, but it's non-existent now. And like, like I said, like 15 years ago, this would have been on 2000 screens. Like even with Jason Momoa was starring in it, it would, it, it, it probably would have been, like you said, it would have been Stallone. It would have been 1500 to 2000 screens in the middle of March, like right now, like this, like March or April. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and, you know, one of the things that I really enjoyed about this movie, and I think you don't really necessarily realize it or, or give it much thought until you see it is the, the reduced number of kind of threats in the film. Yes. And, and what I mean by that is, is when it's like one big teeming horde against another big teeming horde at some point, yeah, you can kind of revel in the visual effects of it all and the spectacle of it all. And, you know, maybe you're seeing it at IMAX, but at some point when you're dealing with Lord of the Rings movies and Star Wars movies and Marvel movies, as much fun as they are, that big, huge scale just doesn't have a whole lot of emotional impact. No, it's just, you're watching these big, huge action extravaganzas while just a bunch of faceless, nameless characters, uh, and extras get rubbed out. And then after it's all over with, we actually get back to our protagonists and, and antagonists and our main characters, and then try to further the story. It's almost like an interlude in the movie that we have these big action set pieces. And then we kind of get back to the storytelling And so in a film like this, having it be, you know, such a quantifiable number of people, you've got like a half a dozen bad guys against a couple of good guys, at least at the beginning, we introduce some other folks along the way. Uh, But the scale of it makes it to me, uh, you know, much more immediate. uh, And like you said, to have the kind of stakes that these big, huge uh, blockbusters uh, where they're just, you know, replicating, you know, a thousand orcs on the screen or something <laughs> like that, uh, just always kind of lack. I mean, those are visual spectacles and they're fun as you know, it's, it's what we kind of miss right now about going to the theater, Yeah, but it's nothing that really, in my opinion, resonates with you. You don't remember any individual moment usually, uh, in those kind of films like you do in something like this. No, absolutely. Like I'm like, I'm uh, like the 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 moment that I'm going to remember is how brave and like like the setup at, at the end and how <laughs> yeah. that was that was pretty clever that was not I mean even even watching that setup yeah he didn't use it like you thought he was going to no no but when it's over with it becomes the most Jason Momoa moment that you've ever seen in your life like I'm like yep. like I don't know if I'll ever see a more Jason Momoa moment and I can't share it with anybody because I'm going to recommend this movie to right. a lot of people because there's a lot of people I know and probably you know too that are like 
like diehard action people, like, but not action in the way that we're, like you said, that we're getting nowadays, which is just visual spectacle, a bunch of pixels fighting a bunch of pixels. It's like those old school, like action junkies that like the, like the, the tactile nature of like, you know, an action scene. And you kind of can't talk about that moment, but it is, like I said, it's like the most Jason Momoa moment (laughs) type. Like it would have been like that moment. Like I can almost see, like you almost can see, like if you, you do the rewind or you do the alt version of this, where Stallone was in it, you can, you could hear Stallone doing his like guttural Mm -hmm. growl or Arnold doing his when it happened. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, I love the uh, the uh, the the guttural, you know, growls and 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 grimaces and all of that. And yeah, you're right. The uh, the 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 very end uh, and 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 what takes place uh, definitely maximizes that. But you know, at the same time, and as a kid, I always dug it in Stallone movies and Schwarzenegger movies uh, because you know you felt like something that should hurt really hurt hurt absolutely as as opposed to somebody just kind of dusting themselves off like okay well that was a fun knife fight or whatever uh you know it uh it, it once again it felt like it had you know stakes and consequences and you know sure you could say that you know they took uh you know untold amounts of punishment or whatever and and gee that's fake and all that kind of business uh, but you know, I mean, hell, it's a, uh, it's a movie. What do you expect? Uh, what I found interesting was, is that it's like a combination of like, and I, and I don't mean it in, in this way that I think that people would think literal, but it's, it's like diehard in the way that Bruce, how Bruce Willis is continually beaten up. And you kind of feel it. That's kind of like the way that the Jason Momoa character, there's certain moments, like especially towards that last 30 minutes where he's just punished, you know, and he sells it. He sells it like like I feel like of all of the guys, like of the three titans of acting of the 80s and 90s, I always felt like Willis was the one that made it hurt the most, though Stallone was a close second. Right. You know, a Sloan was always a close second. And I like I always felt like they always had like this one upmanship game of who could make the gnarlier like wound or <laughs> macho wounded sound. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and Momoa definitely in this film is in that kind of mode. Um, but in 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 the kind of modern era, it's not funny or anything like that. I mean, it, this movie is not it's fun, but it's not funny. Like, like yeah. That, and, and the one thing that it's also not is stupid, yeah. you know, because, I mean, you so often will use the phrase, oh, I'm just in the mood for a dumb action movie. Yeah. And and so I think you would actually have to kind of remove the dumb from it. Uh, you know, say I'm in the mood for an action movie and this is a good choice. But that was what I kept waiting for. And I mean, I knew, uh, you know, you're a pretty good vouch in, yeah. in my book. So <laughs> the fact that you picked it and were like, you need to see this, I already was just expecting it to be unexpectedly good. Yeah. Uh, yet at the same time, you know, sometimes we're a little different in our taste and that keeps things interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, but the whole time I'm watching it and I'm thinking, oh, God, please don't turn dumb. 
you know, just please don't do those dumb things that these movies do to sustain themselves or to stretch out the action or to create improbable moments or what have you. And so, you know, for, for me, for a, a higher level action film kind of satisfaction, I don't need realism. You know, that's the thing. You get these people who are always like, oh, it's just fake. That never happened. And it's like, well, no shit. I mean, that would cover, you know, 90% of all action movies ever made. My point is, within the rules that you set yourself, play fair. Yep. Don't don't give me something just out of left field that you haven't set up. You know, you can set up and pay off all you want. But, you know, at least within the rules that you set up for yourself, play fair. And so when I refer to something as, you know, becoming stupid or dumb, it's when it's violating those rules. When you're sitting there saying, look, within the premise that you've set up, that's absurd. I mean, come on, you know, (laughs) I could stretch my credibility, but that's just ridiculous. That's lazy. You guys could have come up with something better than that uh, to get from this particular point A to point B. And so the nice thing with Braven was I never felt like it hit one of those moments where no. I was just like, oh, come on, hell. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, 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 I, I, you know, I enjoyed it throughout. And, and that's the key. You know, I mean, everything doesn't have to be Shakespeare. Everything doesn't have to be, you know, the angsty meaning of the world and all that kind of stuff. I'd say right now we got plenty of angst on uh, the nightly news. Absolutely. And so this is the perfect kind of film to just kind of kick back. Uh, and just be transported for a while. Oh, absolutely. And um, I think that you put the the best point on it is that it never, it's always smart and it knows exactly the movie that it's supposed to be. It doesn't, it doesn't try to play pretenses with anything else other than the movie that it is. And because of that, I think that it's a smarter movie than a lot of these other, these other VOD titles that I see. Cause like, I won't mention to you when I see a shitty VOD title, I won't mention it to anybody. I'll watch, I'll get an hour and a half. I'll get an hour into a, an 80 minute movie and I'll be like, fuck this. I'm not going to watch this shit anymore. Uh, so it, it's, I have to go through a lot of crap to find some really good ones, but this was a really good one. And like I said, it's on Amazon prime and I cannot, um, I I can't recommend it enough, especially if you're just looking to escape because it's just, it's, it does exactly what you want an action movie to do. Yeah. Oh, it makes me, you know, wish that this creative team would get back together uh, with Jason Momoa and, you know, another premise of some sort, uh, not a sequel, but once again, in the, yeah. in the manner of like the, uh, Stallone and Schwarzenegger standalones of yesteryear and, you know, give us a different, you know, premise and a different location and a different, you know, plot and everything, uh, but get these creative pieces back together again, uh, and do another one because, uh, it was a lot of fun. No, absolutely. And and that's my hope is that's what my hope is, is that when Momoa has a has that lull in his schedule that isn't caused by this whole pandemic shit is that he's able to get back together with these guys, because from what I understand, I mean, he produced it. um, All all these guys are people that he's worked with before. And he um, he really like, you know, he really um, trusts and likes Uh, the director is actually like, you know, kind of like uh, Chad Zielinski. Um, He's a guy who comes from the stunt world, second unit director um, stunts on things like, 
um, Inception, Dark Knight Rises, um, the both Equalizers. So like it's stuff that you know is quality, and then the stuff that he's doing um, in the way of like directing, like you know directing stuff. It's middle of the road stuff, but like middle of the road is not bad, especially if you're waiting for your next big thing. You know. Yeah, yeah, and 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 as far as you know, the directing goes uh, in this film, uh, I think that background of the director shows uh, because the action sequences are very assured. There's yes. not a bunch of editing cheating. Uh, there's not a bunch of you know quick cuts and the camera spinning around all over the place and then it's over and you're like, what the hell just happened? Uh, you know, I mean, it, it doesn't cheat you. Uh, on the action also at the same time. And one of the things that I appreciate a lot is it doesn't belabor it either. You know, I mean the fight scenes that go on and on and on and it's like, yeah, it's fun for a while. And then at some point you're kind of like, Hey, you know, timeout, can we have the movie go somewhere else? I I get the (laughs) idea. And, and, you know, and you feel like it's probably just a matter of, they didn't have enough budget to have that many different locations and camera setups and everything like that. So they're just stretching because they need to stretch. And so, uh, this movie, you know, never does that. And so, uh, I think that, uh, it's a good combination of character moments without getting sappy about them. And then very assured action filmmaking uh, when you're away from the character bits. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I, um, and I think that you, like that's just the perfect way to end it. Uh, people definitely should be uh, should should seek seek this out. Like I said, it's on Amazon Prime, so it's free, um, and it's ninety minutes. It's not even like it's it's not even like it's a long movie. Like you have to belabor through it. It's it's a just a good gut punch of a yeah, movie. Yeah, no, it doesn't it doesn't play long at all. You know, I mean, it's possible. Believe me, much like you are. Uh, with the the VOD quality action films, I tend to be with horror films. And so I have sat through many an 85-minute movie that felt like Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and and the bottom line is, you know, it, it, it moves. I mean, it's, it's, it's well-paced. It, it doesn't really lag even within its, its 90-minute runtime. Absolutely. And you actually do bring up a good point. Uh, we should tease our next episode. We are we are definitely doing our Mike Flanagan episode, filmmaker Mike Flanagan talking about his whole filmography. It's just we needed a little bit more time to really kind of get get to give him his just due because he really is a filmmaker that deserves the the time for us to both kind of go back and look at his back catalog and there were a few blind spots yeah Yeah. i I think that we both like when we were talking back and forth there's a few blind spots for both of us that were like oh that's on vod and that's on amazon prime for free okay then yeah we let's do this so we're taking (laughs) we're taking a little bit longer and also that three hour doctor sleep cut that's a that's a massive undertaking um especially when you want to do it right in the right conditions so we are getting to that we will yeah exactly (laughs) we will we will have the mike flanagan episode um it's just it's gonna take a little bit longer and we felt like we could give you something right away something like this that's like instant gratification um but with that i'm gonna hand it over to scott to say to tell you guys where you guys can see him um well not really see him but uh get to him on social media and things that he has coming up yeah absolutely i uh you can find me on twitter 
at M Scott underscore Phillips. And that usually has links to my work as well as links to other critics that I follow and uh, just film related things that I find interesting. Uh, and I do uh, video reviews for WRBL.com. Uh, that is a CBS affiliate here in Georgia. This week, my review will be for Tiger Tail, which is currently playing on Netflix. Uh, and then I tend to do my uh, deeper written pieces uh, for the movie album. Absolutely. Um, you guys can reach out to me on the um, social, like on Instagram and Twitter. The handles for the B Movie Pod are the same thing. It's the letter B, the word movie, the word pod, all together, no lines or dashes. Um, you can also reach out to us on our Facebook page for the movie aisle, which is just facebook.com forward slash the movie aisle, all one word, no lines, no dashes. Um, you can also Twitter and Instagram. It's the th- same thing. Uh, the handle is the movie aisle. So you can go ahead and reach a uh, reach out to us uh, like as a podcast through those social media channels. Um we I've got content on we've got content on the movie out right now. Um, actually, right now you have uh, if you really wanted to take a look at some of my really like my my hot takes on Star Wars, go ahead and read the latest article I have on my preoccupation series where I took I watched all 11 Star Wars movies in order and uh because they're all uh on uhd 4k discs and i basically just just talked about how i really felt about the movies so there's going to be some really massive shit talking in there so if you want to see that you just go to this you can go to the uh move uh you can go to the movie aisle and read that article i suggest that you do because it actually i actually also review the picture which is really important with that uhd set especially because it costs close to 300 dollars. you may want to actually read my article before you invest in that all that money into that into those discs because i have a few i I think that you might find it very interesting so with that we will be back uh next week um maybe even sooner who knows we might uh we might have some more special episodes coming up but uh until that time we'll talk to you soon